Have y'all ever done something you didn't like to do, but you knew you had to do it? Yeah, so um, I've been a, I got, I was telling uh, Randy this morning, I get the opportunity to ride my motorcycle this month all the time for the Salvation Army, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, you get a lot of of time by yourself to really think. And I I got a personal struggle I'm going through. And, And this message I've been sitting on for about three weeks. And as I'm riding, I'm thinking, the more and more I get closer, the more and more this personal struggle is coming out. And I'm thinking, hey, God, I can't preach on this. I, I can't do it. I was up last night at about 1 o'clock in the morning, flipping through my Bible, give me something else to preach about. Nothing else come to mind. So when I, as, I, as I speak on this today, just know it hits home with me. So I might be preaching to myself today, but I will say I, I stayed up late last night trying to figure out a different way, a different message. For some reason, God said, nope, you get to preach this today. So if I get emotional, I get emotional, and if I don't, I don't. But just bear with me, okay? Because this is just something that, that I've been been struggling with as well. So does anyone ever do anything that you hate? Renee, what's your pet peeve? What, what do you hate? Clean it. Like, like leaving a mess after you clean? Like, oh, you don't want to clean up. Okay. I do it, but I don't want to clean up. Okay. What else? What else, okay? Um, people not brushing their eyebrows. Not brushing their eyebrows. I'll keep that in mind next time I'm around you. <laughs> Sam? I don't have a big job that I had to do it. I definitely didn't want to do it, but, you know, I had to, so. Okay. And I really didn't want to do that. Okay. What else? What what does somebody do that gets under your skin? Do that. Say it again. What? Yeah. Say. Okay. All right. Interrupting you, Lynn. Lie to you. Lie to you. Okay. Anybody ever feel that way? Don't like nobody to lie to them. Even though sometimes people tell you the truth, you'd rather for them to lie to you. But then you still want the truth either way. That's a, that's a tough boat to handle, Dennis. But that, that's what we're gonna look at today. We're gonna we're gonna start in Proverbs, and then I'm gonna go into Galatians because I'm gonna tie both of them in together. So in Proverbs uh, six sixteen through nineteen, uh, Bob read really fast. I told him when he got up here, slow down and read. And, you know, just like most of the kids that come up here, blah, 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 blah. thank you, I'm done. And probably half of you didn't understand a word they were saying. God knew because he was reading the scripture, but we didn't hear. So there are six things the Lord hates, no seventh thing he detests. The first thing is haughty eyes. And so when you look at haughty eyes, you ever look down on somebody because you think you're better than them? Now, sometimes, I mean... That's a, that's, a, that's a little iffy area. We, we say we don't, but sometimes you might think, man, I'm not messing up as bad as that guy. I'm not doing what they're doing. That right there is what he's talking about haughty eyes, is thinking, hey, I'm better than them because I didn't do that. You know, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't go there. Uh, so that, that's when he says haughty eyes is the first thing. You know, the first thing God says he hates, and this is just in Proverbs, and if you read into Proverbs, there's actually 14 that's listed all the way through Proverbs, but we're going to stick with these seven. But haughty eyes, eyes that you, th- that you look down upon people because you think you're better than they are. Now, I know that we may not ex- 
do that, but have you ever felt someone do that to you? Now, how does that make you feel? You know, if you stand, and, and we all know, we all know someone when you walk into a room and if they're talking to you, we know someone if they're really saying, okay, okay, if they're just trying to blow you off because they think you're, you're really nothing. You're worth nothing. You, you're, you don't matter because you're not on my level. And that's what, what he's talking about here. That's why he hates that because we're all, in his eyes, we're all created the same. We're on the same level. doesn't matter what year you were born, what color you are, what your, your ethnic background is, where you come from, where you're going, it doesn't matter. In his eyes, we're all the same. But in the world today, guess what the world teaches us? Everyone's different. And we, we, have, we have a ladder that we got to climb to be better than somebody else. The second thing that he don't like, Leanne, what was that you didn't like? Somebody that lies to you? A lying tongue. Somebody ever try to tell the truth? Well, you get caught in something, and then the first thing you want to do is, is tell that little bitty white lie. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Am I the only one of this that's happened to before? So, nobody's told a lie? Okay, yeah, thank you, Nate. Thank you. But that, that's, that's what, and, and I'll get into why he hates these things in a minute. But a lying tongue, and we can't stand nobody not to be truthful with us. You know, as much as we don't want to hear the truth sometimes, we'd much rather have somebody come to you and you know when you meet that person, they're up front and honest with you. They're going to give you the, the boldest truth. And she's not in here. She's out with the baby. But that's one thing that rubs people, my wife rubs people the wrong ways because she don't mind telling you the truth. But sometimes it comes across at the wrong time and you don't want to hear what she has to say. But you know at the end of the day when you sit down with her, she's telling you the truth. And, and that sometimes as a husband, man, that's tough. It's tough at times as a husband. I don't want to hear that, baby. Uh, but that's what she's there for. I mean, and I use her as an example. There's many people in here that I know that I can sit down with. They're going to tell me what I don't want to hear instead of telling me what I want to hear. And God hates it when people have it lying tongue. You know, self-explanatory hands that kill the innocent. You know, it's self-explanatory. Um, I don't believe we have any murderers among us. I don't think so. Uh, but that's something that God hates. Um, a heart that plots evil. You're already thinking about how to get back at somebody when somebody does you wrong. Anybody ever been on that? Ooh, yeah. Thank y'all for raising y'all's hand. Because when somebody does you wrong, first thing, ooh, what can I do? Ooh, I can do this, this, and this, and destroy it. First thing that comes to mind, he hates the hearts that plot evil. Feet that race to do wrong. They all, you know, we're, we get so much in a hurry to pay somebody back or to do something to somebody that we're running to it instead of reconciliation. Gossiping, yes, ma'am, that's exactly what it is. Nineteen, a false witness who pour out lies. That's the gossiping. That's the one to say, okay, you ever played that game before where you have a line of people and you whisper in somebody's ear? The, the telephone, is that what they call it? I just I just call it just a big old line of lies because you start off, the sky is blue, you end up saying everybody's going to hell. You know, it just it changes from one thing to another as it goes down the line. And, and that's what that false witness is. We, we just want to add to the story. Because something boring, if I tell you, hey, you know, the sky's blue, it goes on down the line, it's just boring to hear that the sky's blue. But you add stuff to it. You want to make it sound better, you want to do more. But that false witness that pours out lies. And then the, the last one there is a person who sow, sows discord in a family. It's, and I say almost every Sunday, welcome home, because we're one big family, right? 
And a church is the worst place that a person can sow discord in. Because if, if the pastor makes you mad, you're going to tell the person right beside you, let me tell you what the pastor does. Mm-hmm. Or if the person beside you makes you mad in the church, well, let me tell you what, and then you start sowing that, that seed of discord in there, and everybody starts looking at everybody different. Okay? So let me get into Galatians. So those are the seven things he hates. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that, that race through wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. Now what does that have to do with Galatians? So we're going to start at verse 19. Because when you do the thing God hates you to do, those seven things he hates you to do, guess what happens? You follow your desires of your sinful nature and your results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful desires. When you start doing the things you're not supposed to be doing, the thing God detests, we start going down a downhill spiral. Alright? So, you know, the, those first three are very explainable. You know, they're pretty, when you read those words, we all have something to pop in our mind as soon as that happens. Whether, whether it's pornography, whether it's adultery, whatever it may be that we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, those first three right there pop into our minds. Each of us are different in how we thought about that. The second thing is in verse, well, the, the fourth thing is idolatry. Guess what is an idol today? Who's on their phone right now? But, yep, mm, that's why you're hiding. Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, I know my kids. That is an idol. Because how many times you sit down in a restaurant and God, you know, we're talking about family. And you sit down in a restaurant, I don't know if you ever watched other families, but you sit down in a restaurant with a family of four or five and what you see is everybody around the table. Nobody talks. You're right, Messiah. So nobody talks. We idolize those phones. We idolize what somebody else thinks about us. Oh, this is going to be off topic of what I'm talking about, but it brings me to Jeremiah 29 11. God has a plan for us, right? We all know that scripture. But what gets me is so much we let other people's influence influence the plan that he has for our lives. Does that make sense? We worry about what other people think. It goes back to you're worshiping that phone. I'm worried about on my snapogram what somebody says about me. I'm worried about what, what such and such said about me on Facebook. Yeah, I'm worried about what other people think that it disrupts the plan that God has for my life. Because his plan for us is to prosper us. And part of prospering us is to love the people the way he loves us. Is my belief. But when we idolize stuff, we start going down that sinful, the, the sinful track, the nature. And it gets into the seven things he hates. Because we start putting those things first instead of what God wants. Sorcery. Uh, I haven't personally experienced any type of sorcery or witchcraft, anything like that. Some of you may have. I know when we went to Mexico City, you know, they, they, it was real big there. And you could really feel a kind of awkward presence when you're there. Never really experienced that. Uh, hostility. Anybody like to be in a hostile environment? Anybody ever been in a hostile environment? Anybody ever been the reason of a hostile environment? You're ready to, to just cause chaos in someone's life because your eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, all for an all. You poke my eye out, I'm going to poke your eye out. That, that's what that's talking about. Quarreling. Man, we, we can argue with each other all day long. And you look at the, the world today, what do they do a lot of times? Especially when we start bringing in politics. You talk about Donald Trump, you're going to have some people that love him, and you're going to have some people that loathe him. I'm not going to get into politics, but that's that quarreling. 
God doesn't like that. We're Christians. We're supposed to not do that. Jealousy. I worry more about what somebody else has than what I have. I want what you have. Outburst of anger. I won't go there. Selfish ambition. <laughs> Selfish ambition. It's all about me. What you going to do for me? What can I do to make myself better? Okay? Dissension and division. Enviness, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Can you see when you do the seven thing God's hate, how it just correlates into those I just listed from Galatians? Yeah, how you can you can start to do the things that God hates to do, and then you, you get into what we just talked about. So Paul goes on to write and says, Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. We all we all get warnings all the time. Right? And you all like to see the gas light come on. And then when it comes on, you keep you see how far you can drive? Hmm? Anybody like that in here? Thank you, Miss Hazel. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Miss Candy. We, we wait till the last minute. We get the warning sign, hey, you need to stop and get gas. Oh, man, it just come on. I got at least 20, 30 more miles where I can go. And then what happens is you go those 29 miles, and you pull in the driveway, and whoever's driving the car after you gets in there, and they got one mile before they run out of gas. And the person getting there like, who are you thinking? I do that to Sherry all the time. Drives her nuts. But that's what God is saying is, look, when you do those things, I'm giving you these warning signs. Of the seven things I hate and what it leads to. But if you're going to live that way, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to come in my presence. You're not going to be with me because you're living that life. But luckily, I'm going to make y'all y'all sing the Fruit of the Spirit song this morning. Y'all feel like singing? I'm not going to do that. Um, but the Holy Spirit, when he's involved in our lives, produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, me and Dennis has talked about this before and if you look at this you got all those things listed what's the first thing that's listed there can you have love without joy well I mean can you have joy without love can you have peace without love can you have patience without love and so on and so on love binds them all together and the thing about it is, you know, it's easy to say, hey, I love you. you know, nowadays, we use that word real loosely. I love you. But what God has intended when, when he talks about that love is I love you for who you are. There's no judgment. You are where you are in your life. And guess what? I love you because of that. And I'm going to love you enough to say, hey, if you mess up, I'm going to tell you the things you don't want to hear. But I'm going to be right here for you when you fall down. I'm going to pick you back up because I love you. And then when you do that, you give that individual joy, but you also have something in your heart that gives you, just makes you smile on the inside. And then you have peace. And then that last, that next one is what? How many of y'all have patience? I, I'm, I'm too patient to a fault because I kind of just uh, go about you know, happy hunky-dory by my own way and my wife let's go let's go let's go I'm patient I, things happen when they happen but patience is something that we especially when we come with other individuals it runs real real thin because if somebody does you wrong excuse me your patience gets smaller 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 until I have no more time for you I don't wash my hands with you isn't that old saying 
does that love somebody if you wash your hands with them? What do you think God wants you to do? He wants you to love them through it. But see, that's what we need to pray about. You know, I got love, God, but I need more patience with people. Kindness. Saying nice words to people. Going the extra mile for somebody. Being there for somebody. Aside from the person you sit beside in here, do you know somebody else is struggling in this building? Can each of you raise your hand aside, aside from the person you sit beside and say, hey, I know that person struggling. Because to me, that's what kindness is about. Reaching out to someone when you know they need someone to talk to. Or know they need someone to say, hey, here's a hug, I don't know what you're struggling with. You know, I mentioned that, that personal struggle I had. I had a phone call last night. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. Hey, man, I'm just calling you. You was on my mind right now. You okay? Nothing said. Just out of the blue. That individual showed me kindness. Because something on his spirit said, you know what? He needs something. And I ain't talked to I don't, I don't post nothing on Facebook. I don't do that stuff. For something spoke to him and said, hey, you're on my mind. He, he could have just let it go. But he reached out in kindness to say, hey, you're my brother in Christ. I love you. Are you okay? Do we do that? But so many times we just, we're in our own little bubble and we're going our own little way. And then you got goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no such things against these laws. So what that's saying is if you do those things, nothing can defeat you. If you're filled with the Spirit, nothing can defeat you. Those, this is kind of where I'm going to do something real neat. Those who, who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. You ask God for forgiveness and you say, God, forgive me for what I've done. Then two weeks later, somebody says, hey, you, know, you would do good at this. You need to go do this. God's calling you to do something. And you say, well, God, I can't do that because I used to do this. That's not nailing that desire and passion and that self nature to the cross. Who knows how to swing a hammer here? I think somebody come up here and swing a hammer. Come on, Sam. It's all right, ain't because it's bad like you knock on the Sunday. It's fine. All right. Same size. Same size sales, right? I want you to drive this one all the way through the wood as far as you can. Okay. I want you to go halfway down with this one. All right. represents what Paul writes here. The first one represents those that have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross. Crucify them there. The second one represents the majority of people here, here today. Majority of Christians. Sam, pull that first one back out. No, I thought it was the first one. Oh, I can't get it back out. Why not? It's two point out. It's all the way in there. But you can pull the second one out, right? Right. Why? Because it's halfway. So if you think about it, that's what we do in our lives. We, we say, hey, we're going to give everything over to Christ. We're going to nail our passions and desires of our sinful nature and give that over to Christ and give it to Him. 
And when we do that, we can't pull it back out. When we truly do that. But so many of us, myself included, we only drive that halfway down. Because we want wiggle room in our life. Because God makes us uncomfortable in the things that we do in our lives sometimes. And he wants us to do the things that he wants us to do, not what we want to do. Again, it goes back to that plan that he has for us. It's not what we like. But see, that's the thing about that one that just drove all the way down there. Thank you, sir. It, it's, that's it. You know, to me, the, I, my illustration in my mind, that works for me. It's because sometimes I don't nail everything down. I say, God, you know what? I'll nail it down, but you know, I might keep that in my back pocket because that may be my get out of that. God's doing free card there. So, <laughs> So we're going to finish up verse 25. says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. To me, this first one represents letting the Spirit lead every part of our life. Because if we've given out everything over to Christ, nothing can separate us from Him. Nothing. Nothing at all. The stuff that we've done that He hates, the seven things that were listed, once we've given them over to Him and we've driven that nail through, and, and sacrifice and crucify those things because he shed the blood for us, nothing can separate us. But because we don't want to follow this Holy Spirit in every part of our life, this is the majority of people today. Would you agree? Amen. So who wants to come nail some, some nail? Me. <laughs> so what we're going to do is the time, time at the altar, time of committee. There's nails, I only got one hammer. So guess what you get to do? One at a time. What's that ready? Okay, patience. But what I want you to do is if you choose to come nail it fully, fully through there, it's an object lesson, guys. But it's about your relationship with Christ. But if you choose to come up here and want to nail it fully down, do so. And then take that moment at the altar and say, God, this is what I give over to you. This is what I fully give it over to you today. Because guess what? Tomorrow's going to bring something new in your life. And you're going to have to nail that to the cross. The next day is going to bring you something new to your life. You're going to have to nail that to the cross. We're all going to have personal struggles on a daily basis. It doesn't matter if you're the pastor or if you don't even know Christ as your Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter. We're all going to have to nail them to the cross when you're ready. Every day is going to be something different. So as you're led, here's a hammer, here's nails. Have patience.